Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 74 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and I really appreciate you listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. A few weeks back, I had the pleasure of taking the short drive from Calgary out to Strathmore with my girls to visit with Christina and her red mangalitsa pigs at A Farms. Our conversation is coming right up, and also watch for the video version coming soon on the Eat More Barbecue YouTube channel. The Alberta Podcast Network has a show for you, I can just about guarantee it. You can visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for information and links to all the great shows on the network. Looking for a show on politics? They've got them. The movies? Number of choices. Sports? Absolutely. How about a pop culture podcast that might help you relate to the millennials in your life? That's a thing as a sometimes belated, already outdated guide to your teens, tweens, and everything under 20. Elizabeth teensplains her media to her mom, Karen. Check it out at thatsathing.transistor.fm or find the link at www.albertapodcastnetwork.com. Okay, everybody, we're here with uh, another episode of the podcast, and we're out uh, just a little northeast of Strathmore, Alberta, I guess, at A Farms, and I'm uh, here with Christina Stender. Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me out. This thanks for coming out to no, the farm. This is great. We uh, just kind of had a look out, uh, looking at all the pigs and stuff, and uh, really neat, some uh, cute little piglets. Mm-hmm. That's great. So let's kind of start with your background story. Uh, how did you get to here, I guess? <laughs> okay, uh, well, I'm originally from Ontario. I uh, went to University of Guelph okay. and studied um, nutrition and genetics of livestock. Okay. Um, came out west, yeah. um, worked for uh, a few chemical companies, like um, so um, crop inputs right. companies. I worked with farmers, um, helping them grow the best crops they can. Mm-hmm. Um, met my husband. Okay. And uh, we started up our own independent egg retail um, maybe seven, ten years ago now. Okay. And the last three years, uh, we got bought out from Agrium. Okay. Um, and then we found this little farm. Yeah. Just outside of Strathmore. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then my dream came true because I always wanted pigs. Okay. So I started doing a little bit more research yeah. on what type of pig I wanted. Uh, and then found out about these mangalitsas, mm-hmm. and they are quite unique and rare, uh, so they were a perfect fit for our family. Right. Mm-hmm. So what was the process then to get uh, from the dream to starting the farm? What uh, kind of... Uh, so actually, I started the process of bringing in the pigs before we even had our home okay. at the farm. <laughs> That's how excited I was. Yeah. Um, I met uh, a top breeder in the U.S. that breeds mangalitsas. Okay. Um, got in contact with him, and then the ball the ball just started rolling. Okay. Um, I imported in the the reds, who were the first ones into Canada. Right. Um, November 2016, um, brought in uh, a boar who we called Hampton, and mm-hmm. brought in um, a Gilt, who was pregnant, and we named her Jaja. Yep. And then that January, we had the first piglets. Awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. So January 17. Yes. It's your first... Uh, Our first litter. 
Excellent. And this is a family operation. Talk about uh, mm-hmm. the family farm a little. Yeah. So we have two boys, um, yeah. Aubrey and Easton. Easton is our chicken farmer. Yeah. Um, obviously, because I was able to get pigs, he really wanted to get chickens. Right. So uh, one Mother's Day, all of a sudden, we ended up getting, I got a chicken coop for Mother's Day. Oh, so lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> very exciting. <laughs> and then from there, we just started uh, researching some heritage birds. Okay. And then it was kind of just uh, a fun little project, and now yeah. we have over 20 hens wow. uh, and I think five roosters, okay. but that's more Easton's thing. Yeah, cool. But yeah, and then our oldest, he's my handyman, so yeah. if uh, anything that needs to be built, right. he, uh, he gets his hands on there and helps around the farm, and he helps me with chores. He's a lot stronger, yeah. lifting up those bags of feed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, so talk about the uh, the Mangalitsas. Talk about the breed a bit, the history. and. Uh... Mm-hmm. So um, th- they originate from Hungary. Okay. Um, so uh, where to start? So, yeah. they, so the name Mangalitsa mm-hmm. means um, pig with a lot of lard. Oh, okay. So they are crossed between a wild boar and a lard pig. Okay. In the olden days... Uh, this was great because um, people needed lard to survive, and right. then they would also get the meat component of the pig. So they would utilize the whole pig. Okay. After Second World War, um, uh, things were changing, and people were not so in tuned with lard. So mm-hmm. lard was kind of phasing out. More vegetable oil was coming in, mm-hmm. uh, canola oil, coconut oil, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Um, a big thing with the mangalitsas is it takes two years to raise them. Right. So that those farmers back then would get no income mm-hmm. for two years. Right. Uh, and then now that butter and vegetable oil was more readily available and there was more breeds coming in that were only taking four to six months to raise, farmers were mm-hmm. letting the mangaritsa go and right. starting off with um, these other breeds. Yeah. So, and I was just doing some math, um, 29 years ago, uh, the Mangalitsa was almost extinct. Wow. And there was only 200 sows left in all of Europe. Wow. Now, this is their treasure mm-hmm. breed, just like us with our pink pigs. Right. Uh, so there's a, a geneticist that decided, like, we need to keep this breed alive right. or else it will go extinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he started up a program and got some farmers involved. And luckily to this day, um, now the Mangalitsa is thriving Um, it's big in the US Uh, it's gone into Japan now Um, different parts of the world in the Netherlands Um, yeah and then now in Canada so So you said you were the first to bring them into Canada the reds reds. so there's three breeds in the Mangalitsas there's uh, the blondes which are um, very well known okay um, and they look like sheep they're they're blonde (laughs) and very hairy and very fatty Uh, and then there's the swallow belly which is the black with a white belly okay Uh, and then the reds Uh, so nobody one of the reasons I brought the reds uh, to Canada nobody else had them Um, so I saw an opportunity there and then also the um, European like the the empire like the European empire and that's they, they, they always requested red okay. oh. for, for supper and stuff. So okay. I thought, okay, well, then there might be something unique about these okay. red ones. Okay. And then the more I was doing my research, um, they are a little leaner okay. than the swallow bellies and the blondes, okay. uh, but they're still 70% fat you, yeah. to the ratio of the meat. Oh, that is a big 
big fat content. Yeah. So, and then another reason is they're really hairy and yeah. that they're the last breed to sport that uh, hairy coat. Okay. Yeah. So the blondes and the solid bellies not as. Furry. Oh no, no, oh. they're super hairy oh, they as well. Okay. I guess the megalits are breed. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So what uh, are there others with the Reds in Canada now? Or are you still the... Uh, there is. So when I imported in uh, my two, mm-hmm. I was working with a lady um, because obviously I needed some other bloodline. Right. So it would make no sense for me just to bring in the two. Yeah. So we chatted and she's like, yeah, I'll bring in okay. two. Okay. So uh, we had yeah. some more bloodlines. Right. Where did you bring them in from? From the U.S. or from overseas? Yeah, no. So um, they started in... Hungary. Yeah. Then they went to the Netherlands. Okay. From the Netherlands, they went to California. Okay. Um, they had their piglets, and then I had the first generation. Okay. From that to to our California. Mm-hmm. Cool. And how yeah. Did you, you go get them yourself? You bring them. No. Them um, in truck. Truck them in. Yeah. 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 Any issues bringing a new breed into the country with? I didn't. Ag Canada or. I, I no? think I just. Um, I lucked they, out. And they, they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, no. Stuck no, 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 no. I was legit. I had oh, paperwork. Course, yeah, yeah. Um, I just had a really good CFIA vet that yeah. worked with me, yeah. and he saw the opportunity mm. and the passion that I had for them, yeah. so um, he worked with me, and awesome. it, it worked out really well. Yeah. I've heard a lot of horror stories since, okay. and I'm like, oh. yeah. yeah, dodged a bullet there. Yeah, yeah. so that was good. Yeah. So what kind of led you to choose the, uh, the red mangalitzas? What was the... Just the, the uniqueness, yeah, uniqueness of them, okay. yeah. We're yeah. kind of a little odd family, too, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I thought a rare breed would be kind of perfect for us. And they're suitable for our climate, Yeah. Okay. right? Yeah. So they're very hairy. They live outside. Yeah. We made um, huts out of pallets, yeah. and as long as they have some straw for bedding, mm-hmm. um, they do perfectly fine in minus 35. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah. yeah. Which it's uh, not, not quite there this morning, but close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chilly out there today. Um, so are they pasture raised? Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. I also supplement them with, um, wheat, barley, and pea, yeah. um, mixture that I've worked with, um, swine nutritionalist, mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure that they're getting a full diet, yeah. balanced diet. Especially in the winter. Right? Yeah. And then I also supplement, uh, in the winter, yeah. uh, my father-in-law helped me build a fodder system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were so we grow, yeah. um, uh, wheat, barley, and oats, yeah. and once a week they get their greens. A little treat there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to take just a real quick pause for a word from our Alberta Podcast Network sponsor, and then I want to talk a little bit about more what uh, some of the other things you got going on here. Sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Park Power is owned by Chris Gazowski, who has a growing and well-deserved reputation for being a guy who cares. If you're in the Edmonton area, you may have seen him around town in his signature bow tie, supporting local causes and boosting local business. He walks that talk with his business. That's why Park Power shares 10% of its profits with local charities. Current community partners include the Boys and Girls Club of Strathcona County, the Altview Foundation for Gender Variant and Sexual Minorities, the Festival Place Cultural Arts Foundation, Muscular Dystrophy Canada, the Canadian Parks and Wilderness Society, and the Saffron Centre, which supports those affected by sexual violence. When you sign up, you get to choose which partner gets to share in the profits. Learn more at parkpower.ca. All right, we're back. Um, 
So you are bringing, you're doing, I guess, two different things, a breeding program and a meat program? Yes. So we'll talk about the breeding side of things a little bit of it. Uh, so when I first brought in the pigs, I was able to go spend 10 days in Budapest. Wow. So I got to meet, uh, they actually have a Hungarian, uh, a Mangalitsa festival. Okay. Uh, it's a weekend-long festival. It's absolutely amazing. It's outside. Um, and, yeah, it's all about Mangalitsa. Yeah. Uh, there's meat hanging and... Neat. You can eat crackling and lard and yep. yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so that at that festival, I was able to meet some farmers. Okay. Uh, and I had a translator with me because a lot of those older farmers don't yeah. speak English, mm -hmm. don't understand English. Mm -hmm. um, so, but they did understand um, the palinka, and that's their uh, liquor of choice. Ah. So they always walk around with palinka, and mm -hmm. you cheer, and yeah. yeah. It was kind of fun. Good time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I got to meet those farmers, and while I was there, there was a conference for the Mangalitz Association of Hungary. Okay. I got invited. I got Perfect. to hang out uh, for the day, and then also got um, a copy of their breeding program. Okay. So I am very passionate about the breed and, and honored to be able to um, keep the breed alive. Mm -hmm. So on our farm, I focus only on the reds. Right. So I'm not doing any crossbreeding. Right. I want to keep the reds pure. Right. Uh, so then I follow that Hungarian Mangalitsa breeding book. Okay. Uh, so I do, once the, the gilts get to around a year, mm -hmm. I'll start looking at the different characteristics, follow the book, okay. uh, and then they get chosen to be part of my breeding program. Right. And then the lucky ones get to go to the meat program. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you are looking. What what sort of characteristics are you looking for for the breeding? Um, good feet. Yeah. Good posture. Okay. Um, there's a. Some of the, the reds could get, um, like it's a black mohawk okay. that they get on mm -hmm. the thing, right. um, trying to breed that out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then they're perfectly mm -hmm. red. Right. Okay. Um, the, the Hungarians really like the lighter reds. Okay. Uh, I really like to tend to the darker okay. color, yeah. which is just a preference. It's a preference, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Neat. Uh, and then also um, you look at like number of teats. Mm -hmm. uh, if they have more teats, then chances are they'll have a bigger litter. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Just yeah, I, it could be a wives' tale, but yeah, that's yeah. what I've learned. Go with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, what? Uh, how often are the gilted, as you said? Yep. Uh, how often are they breeding? Um, so a gilt is a first time oh, okay. mom. Yeah, okay. and then after she has piglets, then they become sows. Okay. Uh, I can breed uh, twice a year. Okay. I keep the piglets with mom for mm -hmm. two months right. before I wean them. Yeah. And then after weaning, uh, anywhere from five to seven days, she comes back and to eat. Well, so then yeah. I just have to make the call. Yeah. Was she a good mom? She's an amazing mom. Okay, let's breed her again. Go again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, neat. Mm -hmm. And then the meat program, I guess, which uh, would kind of be of interest to the barbecue community. Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, that, the, uh, the meat quality, the end products. Yeah, so they, um, the Mangalitsa is kind of hailed the Kobe beef of pork. Okay. Um, so it's um, red meat, mm -hmm. uh, very marbled. It actually, it's like a deep red, extremely marbled. Um, people think it's beef. Mm -hmm. um, it's world known for charcuterie. Okay. Uh, some people 
like when I got to go to Budapest, I ate some stuff that was hanging for five, six years. And it was absolutely, it just melts in your mouth. It's crazy. Um, The reason for that is the fat Mm -hmm. that the mangatitsa carries. So the longer you can leave it hanging, Mm -hmm. the more flavor it gets at the end. Awesome. it's high in omega-3, 6, yeah. and 9, and the antioxidants. And I think a lot has to do because they're raised outside as well. Right. Yeah. Um, they, uh, so there's three types of fat on a pig. Okay. So there's the back fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get about four inches of back fat okay. um, at harvest time. Then there's the belly, which is the bacon. Yep. And then inside, there's called leaf lard. Okay. And that protects, um, like, the, the kidneys and the loins. Okay. So that's, um, like, gold, worth yeah. gold. Mm-hmm. So that in Europe, they use that for pastry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, for the fluffiness yeah. and that sort of thing. Wow. So um, I keep that separate mm-hmm. when I sell my lard. So right. then there's the leaf lard for the bakers. Right. Yeah. And then the back fat uh, for hunters to do mm-hmm. sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Or we just render them. I render fat here. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the belly for bacon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that high fat content in the meat, the marbling, that would kind of lend well to barbecue, kind of a low and slow cooking process. Right? Yeah, so our experience um, with the mangalitsa and the yeah. bacon, or, and the barbecue, yeah. uh, you cannot leave your barbecue okay. because of that. I'm not a huge mm-hmm. expert at barbecuing, right. but then I did get um, taught if you shut one side of your barbecue, mm-hmm. yeah. same thing. Yeah, so kind of from a smoking standpoint, yeah. it would be a indirect heat. So the fat wouldn't uh, be hitting any of the, the coals or anything. So yeah. Uh, on, I've been putting on my um, uh, my ribs, uh-huh. a, a label, yeah. uh, warning. <laughs> <laughs> Do not leave your barbecue. Yeah, uh, don't leave unattended. <laughs> uh, because I had a few phone calls and they left to come and get the barbecue sauce Uh-oh. and poof. Up in flames. Yeah, 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 and there goes the ribs. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I forgot to tell them that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm learning lots sure. yeah. um, about, I've, there's a few Hungarian ladies that kind of taken me under their oh, wing nice. and been showing me a lot of uh, cooking techniques. Yeah, with here the locally? Uh, they live in Calgary. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Close. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so awesome. it's, it's been amazing. I always tell them, I think in my second life, I yeah. will be Hungarian because yeah. we do have a, a big festival here right. every year. Yeah. Uh, it's called Pigstock. Okay. Um, it's going to be, I think the third Saturday of August this next year. Okay. And we have uh, chefs that come out. They do a cooking competition. Oh, neat. Uh, and they, everybody does a goulash. Yeah. So it's like a, a stew. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Hungarian dancers. And oh. then I do, I have like a little um, farmer's market nice. with different unique products. And then we do uh, a wagon ride and, and that sort of thing. So awesome. I, everybody always thinks I'm Hungarian. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, no, but yeah. in my second but, life, yeah. I will be. <laughs> yeah. Honorary. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this year we had uh, 361 people awesome. come to the farm. And yeah. they stay all day. It's yeah. a big picnic. Awesome. Uh, they had um, Hungarians, a busload of Hungarians come out from Edmonton. Yeah. And then the older, elderly Hungarians from Calgary, right. they came out. Oh, and awesome. that's, that's a joy for me because yeah. they come out and... They reminisce. Sure. Well, I was raised yeah. um, 
around having them. Yeah. yeah the mangaditsas and then they tell their stories and it's such an old breed yeah. that there's a lot of history behind it um, and yeah. that's another reason why I, I chose them too so it's kind of cool well, and obviously you're you must be doing something right yeah if that community has embraced you right that's yeah. the way i see it yeah that's, yeah it's really cool yeah and then yeah. you kind of got involved with open farm days a little bit this year i did yeah so that was um that was fun yeah partaking in that it's yeah. a little different because people come and go yeah whereas pigstock everybody stays for the day yeah. so then i have a chance to visit because yeah. i'm just so busy doing the tour on the mm -hmm. wagon yeah. and telling the story about the pigs yeah. uh whereas open farm days i just get to see everybody on the wagon yeah. and then yeah. they're off to the a next little stop bit quicker, uh, but quicker. yeah i think it's a great concept i think it's awesome yeah. lots of kids came out mm -hmm. from the city yeah. um that had no idea yeah. And, gets her, yeah. uh, and then especially when they see a hairy pig yeah like even the adults what a hairy yeah. pig well, yeah, so, they're not used to that here, yeah. But, uh, yeah and it's kind of neat to see their expression yeah. and, and stuff so awesome so um you're you've got the meat you're selling the lard mm -hmm. uh, where can folks find your products um so right now uh we're just selling off farm okay yeah, yeah. so i uh i bring it to pure country meats okay um to get harvested and then depending on the cuts people want i love yeah. to go uh to ryan's meats in calgary mm -hmm. and they uh they're amazing there oh yeah yeah and uh and then i do deliveries okay. so people uh, especially with the hungarian community i'll let them know i have a pig coming in to harvest in december is right. there something that you want okay. uh there's a few restaurants in calgary mm -hmm. um bonterra and shibo yeah Okay. Um, and Pusto, yeah. so they they carry it once in a while. the The big thing is is um, because it's a, a higher end pork. Mm -hmm. It's not on the menu all the time, okay. so it's kind of a feature. Special feature, nice. yeah. Uh, and then uh, I had an opportunity to work with Chef Chris uh, at the Banff Park Lodge. Okay. So they had they just had uh, beer fest. Ah, yes, and, I saw that last yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, and he did um, uh, pork belly mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. And he uh, did some uh, chicharrones, oh, yeah. the skin yeah. in the popcorn, mm -hmm. and that was absolutely amazing. Neat. So that's kind of fun. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, before we wrap up, where can folks find you online, social media? Uh, yeah. Oh, please follow me on Instagram. Yes, that's how we found you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's A Farms, and that's E H Farms, e -H -Farms. Uh, for Canadian A. Yep, I love it. Um, and yeah, I, we also have a website, yeah. A Farms CA. I'll put the link in, yeah. uh, in the show notes. And, and uh, yeah, and on my Facebook. Awesome. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, so the last question I have, and I ask everybody, uh, it's dinner time and it doesn't have to be pork, but what's your, uh, what's your go-to meal? Uh, Putin. Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah. And you can ask my I'm a fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're big Putin people. Nice, nice. Anything just traditional, straight yeah, traditional, just protein, traditional. No, uh, yeah, no twists curds, in there. Yeah. And um, yeah, nice. just straight. Awesome. Well, Christina, yeah. thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate you showing us around. And uh, Well, thanks for taking the time and coming out. That was great. Out, it was awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. That's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. Thank you to Christina and her family out at A Farms in Strathmore, Alberta. I have a container of her cracklings that are absolutely incredible and a great-looking butt roast in the freezer that I'm looking forward to smoking sometime soon. Wherever you're listening from, I hope you get out and support your local barbecue joints. If you visit www.eatmorebarbecue.ca, you'll find a listing of all the great barbecue joints in Alberta. 
There's a revamped version of the Alberta Barbecue Trail page on the way. Keep your eyes open for that. Give me a follow on Twitter at EatMoreBarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at Eat underscore More underscore Barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, please drop me an email at EatMoreBarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca.